0: hello my little munchkins welcome to the second season of the Dangood podcast i missed y'all uh damn it's been a minute so for this season i got lots and lots of high quality guests uh, we're starting off at low file today next week we're following up with ox sound ox sound uh, the guys who made soothe then we switch over to burstimo and that's for everyone who want to get on Spotify playlist. lots and lots of guests for the season. Um, some surprise guests as well. I'm super excited. One request for you guys. if you haven't rated this podcast with five stars on on iTunes, please do so now. That will help me a lot, get some exposure and make me motivated to bring even better guests as time goes on. but it's crucial that you give it five stars and yeah that's basically all i ask for um if you don't follow me on instagram at edward court follow me there i drop a bunch of cool shit on there almost on a daily um especially in the stories so i'll see you there otherwise welcome to the second season glad to have you here Enjoyed, and let's roll you're listening to The Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quartz, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. Thank you for coming on. Yeah,
1: no worries, man. I'm, I'm stoked.
0: I heard like you were on the podcast before, right? Like you, you posted one yeah. like a month or two ago.
1: Yeah, I've been on the Scales podcast, which is a yo-yo podcast. And then I've been on Bunk Alley, which is um, um Anthony Right, that, that's Cazelles. the one I
0: heard, right. Mm-hmm how how did she start making music that that's that's a question that interests me
1: um how did i start making music um so basically i was always interested in music as a, even as a young kid because my mom sang in church and my dad like did her sound my dad also played a bit he played um, a bit of trumpet and uh, so i've always the interest was always there And then I, like, got a drum set. I think that was, like, the first thing I tried to do and like, piano lessons. But then my dad got me um, an old DAW called Acid that they don't make anymore. Um, Right. (laughs) He got that for me. I remember
0: that. I remember that Sony Acid thing.
1: Exactly. He didn't even know what it did, and neither did I. But it was free at the time. Um, So... He brought that home one day and I just got hooked. I just like figured out how to use it and I got hooked. And then it evolved over the years um, in many different ways, but that was like kind of the jump start of it. And, uh, you know, I got into songwriting a bit. And, right. Like, so, it. how
0: old are you right now?
1: At the moment, I am 28.
0: 28, same mm-hmm. as me. Okay, nice. sick. And the whole thing started when he was like, when you were 10, 11?
1: Yeah, yeah kind of around then, 10 or 11. I think he brought the, the thing back home in 2000. and um one or something right so yeah it's been a long time
0: nice and how did you get into like making beats and producing and all of that
1: um so when i got acid it was just like loop based so i was just putting loops together but i was still like super excited about it but then as i got more into like at somewhere down the line i got um I was I got interested in turntablism and uh, got like a cheap turntable for Christmas and a mixer and was like scratching a lot and I think I think I was doing that before I was producing yeah so I can't it's really fuzzy the timeline so I think I was like scratching for about a year and then I got the DAW anyways it it begat this interest in, in underground hip hop. And I started wanting to know how they made those beats where they were like sampling records and putting drums to it. And uh, that was like the first thing that I started making was like sample based boom bap underground hip hop stuff, like very nice ju- uh, Jurassic 5, Jedi Mind Tricks type, um, in, like influence. And because um, that was like the first. Genre of music that I I discovered and loved on my own was the underground hip-hop stuff the backpack stuff So started doing that and then as I learned more about music and chords and writing and stuff I started to try to figure out how to make beats where I was writing everything And it was literally like I I had to start all over It was crazy because I had done the the sample based hip-hop beats for a good four years five years or something maybe even more and then when I started to write stuff and have to like choose sounds and synth sounds and write lines. It was like my beats got super trash (laughs) for a a good two, three years. Again, like it was literally like starting from zero. Um, But yeah and then it just, and then I um, ended up going to school for music for a year and then got this internship through um, a connection I made there and moved down to LA. And when I was just in that environment hearing the beats that those producers were making i was just blown away i just couldn't believe people could just make stuff like by themselves so quickly and i was just it just really shocked me the level of 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 uh production that you you had to be at so that's kind of what like taught me how to to really really up my game i guess
0: right for the sampling stuff moving to actual productions it was very similar to me as well because oh, really? i started out doing french house stuff like okay. sampling old 70s records and then just Looping it up and then just la- layering it up with like 909 drums, and that's it. Like basically French House, Daft Punk, since I was super influenced by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was playing the piano um, parallel to that at the same time. So when I saw Ryan Leslie doing the studio vids in like 2004 oh, yeah, oh, those yeah. were like the videos for me I'm like Jesus fucking Christ he's just playing all of the instruments by himself like mm-hmm. piano trumpet guitar bass whatnot and he sings on top I'm like this is crazy and then I started moving into making beats on FL studio mm-hmm. and that was like a huge change for me and I sucked for like the next seven eight years probably mm-hmm. uh, because back then as well in the early 2000s we didn't have that much of tutorials exactly I actually, right now you can go on, on youtube and just type in whatever type beat and then you get a bunch of tutorials on that back then we, we needed to read like manuals which you just, just do like by clicking and just figuring it out by yourself
1: mm-hmm. yep it was a different time yep
0: <laughs> that's the old school
1: <laughs> and it was a bit more niche back then like now it's like definitely way more popular which is sick and i'm stoked on it but i just remember telling my friends like, oh, I'm into producing and beat making them being like, huh? Like not even knowing what it was.
0: Yeah, that was actually a huge part of me doing that as well. I mean, I love music, but, but that was kind of special. If you told someone like, hey, I'm producing music, you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. You know, mm-hmm. like you're playing music, you're playing the piano. Right now, like everyone and their moms are producing beats. So that's nothing special anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. How did going to, to music production school help you? And um, your career besides like having the connection and then getting the internship uh, but music wise just production wise how did it help you out well, because your productions excuse me uh, before you start sorry. your productions when i listen to your stuff it's crazy like i'm very inspired by, by your sound just the sound design and the chord choice it's it's nothing that, that i would here on a daily, that that's nothing like super ordinary and special. But it, it it's crazy how you combine like sound design, which is by the way very similar to mine. That's why I like it so much because you have like the ear uh, for for like the the similar sounds. But at the same time, your your chord choice is way off off charts. Like the inversions you do, like all the jazzy stuff you incorporate into like very um contemporary productions and like hip hop stuff and like R and B on all the jazz. Did it help you going to school and doing that? Or is it something just the icing on a cake?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, man. I appreciate it a lot. And yeah, I, I've noticed that. I, yeah, the reason I gravitated towards your sound design was like, because it was like pretty similar, just like doing a very good job at just like the lush. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, if there's sense, it's just. All I say is like sound design. That's interesting that you can hear the chords, you know what I'm saying? So that's why. Right. Yeah. That's why I, I was a fan of yours, sound design as well. And uh, the schooling, I, I'll I'll be clear and say that it wasn't production school. It was specifically theory and like jazz school. I think production school. Oh, now we're getting to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the point. <laughs> <laughs> I think production school um isn't what, isn't going to give people what they think it's going to give them. I think you can learn some stuff, but um, I just feel like the stuff changes so much and what they're teaching you in school was like the dope way to do stuff like five, six years ago or maybe more Um, apart from some, some schools like there's icon and in um, LA and they, they focus on being very contemporary and getting people in and doing Um, Talks and stuff like that But I I just felt like For me And what I tell most people That ask me about school Is like You're gonna get more Out of it If you go for like Actual music And songwriting And composition Um, Because that kind of stuff Is like It transcends time I think Like learning how to write A good song And a good progression uh, you know, obviously there's trends in this and that, but you know, I feel like I I, I gained way more from learning those tools than if I went to like full sale and I like learned how to use massive and it's like no one uses massive exactly. that much anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I feel like it's just a bit. <laughs> it's, I, I don't think that's really the one, but I will say, yeah. So I only did a year. I, I did some theory classes in high school. Cause I went to a high school that like offered a lot of music stuff, which I was super blessed to go to. But, um, then when I went to college, I took mainly second year classes the first year I was there and I learned a lot and I'm, and you know, a lot of stuff that I still use today but um yeah after that one year i was like okay i think i kind of want to just get into it so i left after that but yeah i would say it helped me a lot like all the theory and stuff because like production and stuff you know i feel like it's for me i can learn it on my own and for most people you can go on youtube and this and that and ask people but for music theory that is something i i couldn't have learned on my own like just how confusing it can be and stuff that's where school really helped but yeah
0: Right, but you do play keys, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I play piano. And nice. Because of school, because of school. I played a little bit before I got there, but you had to take piano class, and you had to like choose an instrument to write and take tests on, so that's what got me right. playing.
0: And I feel like that's that's the exact point, why your productions are special because you put your focus on harmony voice leading and those those things not a lot of people focus on those things actually they focus on gimmicks like sound design and and all of that bleeps and bloops around like the core which is cool you know y- mm-hmm. you can learn it but like not a lot of people actually focus on on that songwriting harmony voice leading especially harmony i feel like nowadays music is lacking harmony a lot people focus on beats and yeah. bass or well, a little bit of melody on top but like actual chord changes and like smart voice leading mm-hmm. in, in pop music. I mean, there's a lot of jazz and stuff like that. That sounds incredible, but especially combining it with popular music, be it R&B or hip hop or any electronic music. Um, that's why Lido popped like, because this yeah. dude is crazy. Like he combined gospel style with like contemporary R&B and hip hop mm-hmm. and also your stuff. You combine good sound design, cutting edge techniques, all, all of those bleeps and bloops, but with a core of, of a nice, uh, Voice leading, harmony, bass.
1: Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, dude. I, I, um, I always gravitate towards producers. I feel like that do that well. So they, they those, I get a lot of influence from that. And then just a lot of like old stuff where, you know, because I feel like the mentality of music like years ago was a bit more on the um, chords and and melodies type stuff. So listening to that old stuff that's done really well really influences me. Um, but, um, but yeah, I feel like there's, there's some stuff that's happening today that, that is cool. And I feel like there's, that's what, that's, what's the fun part is like being able to choose the contemporary stuff that you really do fuck with and like figure out how to like mix it up with, with your style and things like that. But yeah, man, I'm always, I'm always most inspired by somebody who can really write a good chord progression and like a really good melody on top of it and like really harmonize stuff well.
0: 100%. How did you get to work with the people you got to work with? So as far as I know, you work with Grey, you did official remixes for Zedd, mm-hmm. you work with Skrillex, you work with K-pop artists as well. How, how did you get to connect with those guys?
1: So um, I think first thing out of what you mentioned that happened was the Zedd remixes, because Zed had like a contest. I used to be in a band um, that was like more metal and then you know i left to focus on on producing and about six months into me kind of reinventing my career um zed had this remix contest that he was doing through guitar center and i ended up uh entering and ended up winning first place and then uh, he released my remix officially and then um his manager got me to remix another track of his And, uh, I remixed that one as well. And then, um, his manager ended up managing me. So through getting picked up by his manager, I ended up getting this publishing deal, yada, yada, yada. And publishing companies, you know, their job is to connect you with different artists and this and that, you know, that just kind of begat a lot of those other, um, collaborations that happen, you know I worked with this writer MNEK I've now worked with him a few times and we wrote a song one day and literally like two years later it was a BTS song you know what I'm saying so it's like all these things you don't know where they're going to end up really you just kind of like keep grinding and keep doing sessions and like making connections and eventually things connect in certain ways you know um skrillex is a funny one because actually before i've collaborated with him i used to kind of like work for him um when i was interning at atlantic he came in quite a bit and um i would do a lot of his sessions like engineer for him i recorded ellie golding on one of his songs one time and uh yeah just, just ended up going on the road with him for a bit and like engineering for him on the road And then, and then, you know, know, we just had that relationship and then we started working on music together. So yeah, all these things were just really random. And I just kind of just kept showing up when it was time to show up and working when it was time to work and just trying to take every opportunity as I could, you know,
0: and that's a good lesson to take away for people. Of course, you had you had to have talent in the first place because nobody's gonna hire like <laughs> someone who's, who's average or like below average. Mm. You gotta have the talent. You gotta show up, but at the same time, take every opportunity you you, you can. And you did a lot of stuff like without paying upfront for sure.
1: Oh, for probably. sure, for sure, for sure, man. I I feel like that is a huge thing that people have to learn. Is like and parents have to learn too because I always got the call like, "Are you getting paid?" It's like, dude. This stuff uh, is an investment, so it's like sometimes you're going to be doing stuff that you're never going to get paid for, but um, if it's a good opportunity, you can't say no because there, there's going to be that one opportunity that really changes your life. You know, I didn't get paid for any of my real um, placements up front. Uh, until you know they were placements. I just I've done hundreds and hundreds of free sessions, like just because I believed in like what we were gonna maybe create. You know, understand? I believed in the writer, I believed in the artist. The paid stuff is like that's like a different side of the industry. You know, you can do paid stuff on the side to make money and things like that. You know, if there's like an artist that you're not really into or whatever, just some rich guy that has a lot of money that wants like a beat, you know, you just tar- you charge him for everything up front. But when you start talking about, oh, I need payment for this and that with like way too early with like somebody you respect, you can really mess up that, that relationship and really turn somebody off so it's like no nah, stay away from that and like make your coin somewhere else you know what I mean until it's time to like really cash in with like a big placement or something
0: right well that's absolutely correct you gotta decide whether you like you take on the opportunity to do it for free just because you see some upside not not necessarily monetarily but like something that puts you on in the future mm-hmm. or you get paid by it upfront, but then you ruin the dynamic or like you don't get paid you know mm-hmm. um, but I always recommend If people ask me, like, should I do this job for free or not? I'm like, decide whether it helps you, whatever it is, build your portfolio in the first place or Mm -hmm. whatnot, or getting known. And then if it does, just do it. If not, then not, you know? But you can absolutely work for free because it's not for free. For free means not necessarily that you're getting pay like hard cash um, upfront, is, it's something that you invest into like a deposit and then you get um, the dividends afterwards, mm-hmm. um, maybe like years down the line.
1: Exactly. I was just saying, they add up, like if you do enough of those for a period of time, you, they start to add up and your BMI check or whatever country you're in, your royalty check starts to grow and grow and grow and you're just like, dang.
0: 100%. <laughs> it's like compound deposit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also i feel like people might look at you and say like hey this dude is famous quote unquote he's he's like known he works he's super lucky and he's super talented But like, there's way more behind that. Like there's years and years of hustle and uncertainty, Mm -hmm. um, of like negative setbacks Mm -hmm. that people don't see. And even now, I bet even right now where you're at, you're like, you don't feel that you're there, quote unquote, that you made it (laughs) and now (laughs) you can relax. It's it's like, it's a struggle like on on a daily basis. And the amount of setbacks you do have on a daily in in a, in the music business is, is crazy.
1: It is, man.
0: Because I feel people people reach out to me sometimes like, dude, you're working from home, you're working for people from all over the world, you're producing, you're doing what you love, you're getting paid, Like, I'm, I mean, you're so lucky. I'm like, dude, you don't want to deal with all the shit I'm dealing on a daily because there, there might be like the, the 10% that you see on Instagram and me like having, um, interviewing <laughs> people like you and like working with um, known people worldwide, but there's like 90% of, of this huge backpack of bullshit that you got to deal <laughs> with on a daily be like money wise, um, that you go into minus, you know, like yeah. because you don't get paid like mm-hmm. a long time, or mm-hmm. like mental health issues, like anxiety and depression because you like struggle with like productions, mm. so, like you don't get inspiration, whatnot. Like, there's a huge baggage, um, that comes with that, and not, not everyone seeing that, not everyone's willing to see that, and not everyone understands that. So, exactly, uh, if you might share like one or two moments in your life or like moments in your career where you like felt like them. It's not that easy. Yeah. Just just for people to understand that it's not that it's not all all bells and whistles and not, not like oh butterflies.
1: Yeah dude there's I could have said it better myself. I mean like the backpack of bullshit is really funny. That's like exactly what it feels like. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think uh of a specific time. But yeah, there's so many, you know. Um oh okay, I remember when um I was so you get you know, sometimes you get these opportunities as producers where <clears throat> a song is already done, it's already finished, and it's and they it's either not produced or the production isn't good, so they send it to you to like try a version and you know You know, most of the time when I get sent these things, they're for like kind of bigger name people because they can afford to like to send it to 20 producers and um, see who does the best job. And you know, so I I take them. And most of the time, you don't really get you don't you don't really get anything back because I mean, there's a million producers trying it. Even if they like your stuff, you know, they're looking for the exact perfect thing in their head, and like you know, you may not get it. So um, a lot of times, I just do it just to like flex and show these artists that like, oh, who I am, whatever. So anyways, I got sent one time this um, song that had not one, but four really dope, big uh, hip hop and R&B artists on it that I really liked. And I was like, dang, I want to kill this. So I tried my hardest and, uh, you know, stressed out about it for like a month and just went in and they're like, okay we need this. We need this. And I sent it. And then um, I get a email saying that it was perfect and that they're gonna do it and it's gonna come out and like it's gonna be a single and all this kind of stuff. And I was just hyped. I was like, dude, I cannot believe this is about to change my whole career. And I just had that in the bag, and then um, you know months went by, and the release date was coming up for the rec the album, and I was just like kind of hitting him up, like, "Yo, what's up with this? What's up with this? Do you need stems? Like, what's going on?" Anyways, I met the guy in person, the main artist, um, just randomly at one point, and he said, "Oh, you know, well the original version, there is the original version, but your version could be a remix," and I was like, "What?" And I, I didn't really understand what it meant, but then as it like started to sink in that it just meant that they I don't know what happened I don't know if it was like a political thing with the original producer or whatever, but they switched up and went back to the original version without telling anybody after they already told me, and I, I was like excited about it for about six months or something. Fuck. And uh, yeah, it ended up just like not working out, and that was like a huge blow because. You know, I have this rule I don't ever get my hopes up and um it's for reasons like that. But that was one where I was like, dude, it's in the bag. Of course it's in the bag. And um you know, I had my hopes up and I was really excited about it and I thought it was going to like do a lot of stuff for me and I was getting ready to like really um be proud of it and then it was just kind of like stripped away without anyone even like contacting me or my management or nothing. So yeah, that was kind of like um that was really hard that's just like an example of like a hundred times stuff like that has happened right and you just gotta like that shit just of-
0: happened to me last month really? um yeah Producer a friend of mine from la approached me like hey i got this mix that you need to kill for like an artist pretty known artist right mm-hmm. now um signed to universal and whatnot i don't know probably universal and then he's like you want to try it i'm like sure i kill this mix <laughs> and i did I-, I killed the mix i mean we had like six revisions but still we killed the mix Mm -hmm. i was like done with it i'm like dude it sounds amazing um he liked it then he sent it to the client or to the artist the the artist liked it and then like okay it's gonna be released very soon they're shooting the video i'm like fuck yeah this is gonna be super dope and then like maybe a week later maybe two weeks later he approached me like hey dude um the manager wants rob kanelski to mix the song right now, and like kind of do a shootout between you and, and him. And Rob Kanalski is the guy who mixes Billie Eilish right now. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, why would you like? It sounds dope. And like, yeah, I know it sounds dope, but they kind of want it. like the manager wants. It. I'm like, why would the manager care? Like, who the fuck mixes the song if it sounds <laughs> good in the end? You know, like, what does the manager get from it? And he like, I don't know, like it's just the way it is. So. They yeah. sent it to Rob, he mixed the song, and in the end, like, they, they went for the Rob Knellsky mix, of course. Mm-hmm. They took his mix and then was released, and now it's out with the video and all that, and just lost the opportunity of having the song in my portfolio. Yep. But in the end, if you listen to the to my mix and his mix, it's one-to-one. Like, there's barely any difference. Maybe, right, like, a
1: right, 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 couple right.
0: teeny tiny details. There's almost no difference, to me at least. Like, I listen to both mixes and it, it sounds almost identical to me so they just went with this mix just because he has the name he has the brand and billy alish is everywhere right now in the charts yeah but i don't know like i haven't seen his credit in like in the credits to the video on youtube it's maybe on, on spotify mm-hmm. in the credits but it, it's not anywhere else so i don't know why why they want it because i mean it's money on top like they need to pay me and they pay, need to pay him as well on top uh, so what's the point but i lost the opportunity
1: mm-hmm. um yep Yep, dude, that's crazy. That's it. Yep, I've been I've been through that that exact situation as well. <laughs> with the mix and yeah. the big name and all that. I've been through that as well, dude. It, it sucks, man. I mean you know, I mean that light at the end of the tunnel is like one day you'll be the rob, um, getting everybody else's jobs, but you know, it just sucks that it has to be like that. It just sucks. Because right. like, it should be about the merit and how good your mix is and like, you know, what you did. So that's what it should be re- about. But um, unfortunately, sometimes right. it's not.
0: But I mean, it's, it's part of the game. And I, I mean, I'm not that pissed. I was kind of pissed off at that evening, honestly. Yeah. But, like, but then I'm like, okay, I still have other jobs coming up. And like, it's, it kind of sucks. But I had the opportunity to mix it anyways. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it is what it is. Yep. So th- there's there's more to come. It's yeah. it's not the the last time that shit is happening.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's funny. How did you get to work? And this is for the K pop crown. I know like I have I have students that I'm coaching right now. They want to do K pop stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they if they hear that you work with BTS, which is like the biggest K pop group right now actually in the world, mm-hmm. uh, how did you get to produce for them?
1: Yeah, so that was the um, MNEK uh, story I was saying Basically um, MNEK is a writer from London Who um, Or I don't know if he's from London But he, he lives in London He's he's written for Beyonce And you know he's got it was like Zara Larson, And you know he's got huge hits Under his name as well Like under his uh, artist project um, Basically we just did a session And we wrote a couple tunes And um, you know He sends out what he writes to different a and r's and this and that and somehow or another got passed over through a and r's emails and um ended up in the bts uh folder or whatever and then the bts heard it they rewrote some of the lyrics because you know they just you know have to make it korean and uh you know rewrote right. some stuff but basically that's how that's all it, that's how it happened and it was over like two years of not hearing anything you know silence so yeah it was just a song that I wrote with a really good writer and he had all the connections and he made the the connection uh to BTS and then yeah I just got an email being like yo this is coming out in like a month <laughs> and I was just like dang okay <laughs> that's dope yeah so I did that and then also I did um some stuff with I did a song with Galant um that has Eric Nam and Tablo on it Um, and that was the same thing. I just wrote it with Gallant, met Gallant a long time ago. Um, and then, yeah, so, and then he does a lot of, like, k-pop stuff so that's how they they got on it so yeah i've i've not uh, not intentionally uh but very stoked to have worked with two separate um really dope k-pop acts um and i think you know the sound that they like over there is like that new r&b um style and they don't mind they're they're down to go a little bit crazier with the chords i think um than they are over here um so yeah, it was just it just makes for some reason it just like makes sense over there and like connects with those artists, um,
0: the K-pop right. people. Do you fuck with? Do you fuck with K-pop? Do you listen to it personally?
1: Um, I haven't really delved that far, but everything that um, I've been involved with in I've really liked. And honestly, like I know it's kind of biased, but the only people that I've really like listened to a lot are like the artists I've worked with, like Eric and BTS, and I like both of those artists a lot.
0: Right. Are you getting approached by K pop people now, like labels from from Korea? Like, hey, I want to have that sound.
1: Um, I'm not sure because, you know, a lot of times they go through my manager and, you know, he filters some stuff out. But if I am, I'm interested. I'm down to go to Korea for like (laughs) two weeks and just like fuck up some experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've I've got a lot of friends that have been to Korea on writing trips and, and, you know, they you Have you been there before? No.
0: Yeah, I want to go there. Either Korea or Japan, um, probably next year.
1: Japan, I have been to, and Japan is life-changing. It's so awesome
0: i'm super stoked everyone's yeah. saying that like dude you need to go to japan this is like gonna blow your mind
1: yeah i know but then you hear that the whole time and you're like okay well how sick can it be and then you get there and you're just like okay yeah it's this sick <laughs> it is that sick <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> man that's crazy um how much work are you putting into promotion because for us like, I don't have a manager. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my, my little Instagram thing and that's all I focus on and that's cool for me but you don't seem to care about promotions that much because you got a manager and he's, he's putting in the work for you.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah, so I don't do my own promotion really apart from like weird little things that I'll do here and there but like promotion in, in the um, classic sense. You know, so I signed to Blue Note uh, early this year and, um, so they have a promo team, so they promote my stuff, um, and they run campaigns and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, before that it was my manager and his, um, consulting, um, company that he works with called M theory. They, they do promo. Uh, and then I have a, I am with a PR company. So yeah, I, I feel like the promo is my worst, um, <laughs> like my worst uh uh field of knowledge because i just yeah just not naturally gifted at that and any time i can figure out a way to like hand that that responsibility off i do it you know what i'm saying so um right yeah so it's usually my manager who makes the the promo connects um but I, i and i feel like And I just have so much respect for people who do it successfully on their own because that really takes a lot of research and investment. um, and, And, you know, I've just never been good at it
0: right well that's literally 50 percent of what i do that's why i I left everything but instagram because i wanted to focus on on actually my my craft and my productions at the same time because i don't understand those people who are on youtube facebook instagram snapchat like when when do they have the time to actually sit down and work you know like if they promote their stuff all day like when do they sit down and play or like produce
1: oh i know and i feel like when people are really 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 on that Uh, promotion life and like they have the like the trendy little videos and you know they go just so hard with it you can kind of hear it (laughs) <laughs> in their music because yeah, it's like 100% you kind of it sounds like you you spend your most of your time figuring out ways yeah. to promote <laughs> I,
0: I personally know a couple of people who are like in the top 100 DJ mag but they, didn't, they haven't produced a song in years yeah. or never <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they're, they're, there's that as well mm-hmm. like I know those people yeah. they pay for everything but they never sit down and actually produce stuff yeah. they just put their names on it so mm-hmm. there's the part of that but you would agree that um, marketing promotions is, is a big thing that dude. one should do right now if you want to be seen by people
1: oh for sure i mean dude especially now more than ever like anyone anywhere can like make a song and upload it like to cut through is damn near impossible today so the the smarter and more you can do the the better i i and when i say more i mean like more smart stuff you know not just spam and stuff that's gonna turn people off but just like if you can really like get a grasp on it or have somebody that will do it for you it's super important
0: right well my personal if people ask me like hey dude what's your advice to be like successful on social media I would say if you're not like a hot booty chick, (laughs) (laughs) which is actually, you know, that's the easiest way of like being successful. Just be hot and be a female and just stick out your butt. (laughs) That's a joke on the side. But my thing is be so good that they can't ignore you. i mean that's not my saying but like you need to be like that good that people actually take notice like Mm -hmm. like this guy maxwell on on instagram he started doing those crazy crazy beats um Mm -hmm. videos and he was way better and like special not not like everyone else and he gained like a huge following in in the shortest time and i bet he he doesn't even care about that he just did what he liked because he's that that good at it Mm -hmm. and that that's what made him like pop but this, this is like this is a trend I, I see all the time. Like you need to have like something that's special about you. Yeah, I need to be very, very good. I mean, you don't have to be the best, but but the weirder and like more like unique. It is mm-hmm. unique is the right word. The better it is for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely the the more the approach I've always taken is like if I can just stand out in like my craft the most. You know, that's going to connect the most dots. Because, I mean, dude. A shitty thing on a billboard is still a shitty thing. It's just bigger. <laughs> so it's like 100%. All, all the promo, you can have all the promo in the world, but if you ain't really coming with it then like it's kind of pointless.
0: Yeah. I always say if you polish a turd, it's it's not to, it's not becoming like a diamond. It's still a polished turd, you know? It's might <laughs> it might be it might yeah. be shiny, it might be like yep. super like HD but yep. it's still like a turd you know it still stings if, <laughs> if you poke it in <laughs> that,
1: that's how I feel about some of the beats that I've worked out where I've like worked on them for like days and they're and at their core I, do, I don't really like them I'm like damn I just polished a turd
0: <laughs> yeah but that happened to me as well multiple times <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like put that plug in on the master bus polish it up yeah. add the highs now it's shiny but it still sounds shitty <laughs> exactly. so what, what's in store for you for the next for the future because you're, you're not only a producer who is w- working for people you're an artist in the first place Mm -hmm. and that that's what you showcased with your last ep on blue note Mm -hmm. which i like by the way a lot thank you so what's what's next for you
1: um so i've got a new project i'm working on with blue note uh just like another ep or something i got a few records but i'm i'm kind of knee deep in that just trying to get get some um like just trying to level up on the last one. So just kind of been working on that a lot. Also, the Radiant Children project. We are finishing a project up soon.
0: Oh fuck yeah. Looking forward to that.
1: Sick, man. Um yeah, so that's coming. And then I am moving back to LA in like a month or two. And basically for the reason of just like doing a bit being like more in the placement game. Cause I used to that a lot when I lived out there and when I came out here it was really good artistically but I kind of like slowed up on that so I think you know after spending a year in London that's been sick but gonna get back out to LA and just because I still like you know I love being an artist and I love having my projects but I still love producing for other people just absolutely love making a beat and then fucking off Um, I love doing that so you know it's kind of like this three-point thing that I've balanced you know, my entire, uh, music making career, my stuff, the project, which is radiant children at the moment and then, uh, producing. So yeah, just kind of like spinning all those plates still and, and, uh, got a couple things coming out pretty soon for people. And yeah, man, just kind of keeping on, keeping on trying to level up. And like you said earlier, n- I'm nowhere even close to near where I want to be in my career and life. So just trying to um, push forward, you know?
0: Right. Where would you want to be, though? Maybe one point out of many.
1: Um, where would I want to be? Um, I like to explain it. Where, like, just to be in the conversation more, because I, I, um, you know, some people know who I am, and I've, I've got certain uh, industry people that, that that know who I am, and and artists that that like me and stuff like that. But I'm never really the first call. Um, for most people, I think, and there's, 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 um, there's just like something about this this circle of producers that like you know everyone if you get a beat from them you know the, the, their, their beat beats from them are like coveted right.
0: I think it was the be go-to st- names that's what I'm doing in, in funk I want to be the go-to guy for anything funk related
1: you know what I mean that's it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you know I, I know saying? those guys who are like the gatekeepers right not not really gatekeepers it's like a small closed circle
1: exactly exactly and I think I i'd like to get more into that I, i'm curious though who who is like the god the funk god at the moment then who's like the main one
0: mm, i don't I, would, I wouldn't say there's like the, the definite one mm-hmm. on the mainstream level it's probably bruno mars oh, artist-wise right. mm-hmm. probably that guy um charlie Puth was huge with the last album yeah mm-hmm. um but like production wise there's lots and lots of guys who are like crazy crazy good at this shit they've been like in the game for like the last 15, 20 years. There's yeah. lots of super intense. Um, Oliver, the funk duo, oh, like man. they do crazy productions for everyone and then like for Diplo, for yeah. um, like all the superstars, Britney Spears and whatnot, you know. I like, love Oliver. And, and even them, like even them, I talked to one like to, to one Oliver out of two Olivers privately and he's not satisfied with the situation. He's getting um, like fucked over on a daily yeah he's not like one would think that he they're like they're the top dogs in the game they like kill it and which they do musically but they're still not happy with what they are and like how how the business is is panning out for them Mm -hmm. um honestly so i don't know it's not a competition honestly that i'm in in direct competition but those are the people who who get to do the jobs that they they get to do and who i'm looking um up to just just production wise um there's lots of those as well
1: yeah dude I, I felt yeah i felt like their album full circle was criminally slept on i was like this album is insane
0: insane production <laughs> just product quality is, is off the charts
1: off the charts that's like some of the best production i've ever heard and i was just like yeah. damn that's so slept on
0: but it probably released one of the best sample packs on splice ever
1: oh yeah which has
0: been in a top 10 for like almost a year or like eight (laughs) months (laughs) which is which is crazy so they made some money out of from that Mm -hmm. um yeah there's lots of guys like i don't i can't pinpoint like one specific dude Mm -hmm. but probably bruno mars in the mainstream and like on a production level there's there's lots of guys i looked up unfortunately i look forward to you know mix with the masters right and like philippe star passing. Um, um
1: the guy, the guy oh, from yeah. Cassius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: like I looked up to this guy a lot, production wise and, and like mixing wise. And I, I look forward to um, getting into the mix with the masters, the whole week seminar with him um, maybe next year. Which is actually pretty expensive, but this is like a thing I wanted to because dude, dude's dude's a genius and he worked with like Def Punk mm-hmm. and Justice and those guys who I'm like those are my my role models mm-hmm. long term. And then he just Passed away, like what the fuck?
1: Oh, that's um, so, that that's was kind of
0: that kind of sucked a lot, yeah. Um, but yeah, Def Punk, dude, Def Punk,
1: yep, mm hmm,
0: legends, legendary, you, you, like you, a not, not a lot of people get to work with them, I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> apart from
1: pharrell <laughs> Uh, do, do, are, you a, are you a fan of Billboard,
0: dude? Huge, yeah, huge, he's amazing. He combines sound design and um chords structure perfectly yeah one of the guys that doesn't brilliantly
1: he's a big influence for me for sure you know? yeah
0: crazy and he he gets the jobs right now as well yes he, he does. gets to work with lots and lots of good people mm-hmm. do you know him personally
1: uh i've talked to him on instagram a few times but um
0: yeah i should get him on the podcast as well probably
1: you sh- yeah you should man um you guys should you should bring up that beat battle video from like 2009 i don't know have you seen that where he's in a beat battle oh is he yeah, it, dude there's this video <laughs> online he's in a beat battle nipsey Hussle is actually one of the judges and he just right shuts it down i mean people are getting out of their chairs free- throwing <laughs> their hats nipsey hustle's like pulling him aside like yo i need this beat like dude he just kills it you gotta see that crazy and he plays um he plays the inside out beat the one that he gave to um britney spears he plays that before you know obviously it was out and like it was a britney spears song anyways you gotta see it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i will (laughs) yeah but that that's my kind of goal my kind of like little world um and that's where i want to accept and i will like long term i don't have i don't need to have it like tomorrow but as long as i'm stepping towards that for yeah. the next five ten years i don't even care because all of the best dudes are not like 1920 they're like in their 40s and 50s yeah almost.
1: It, that's very true so. very very true
0: so I see a lot of people be be like, I'll cry baby about like, uh, I'm like 27 and I'm not the best yet. I'm not like Martin Garrix. I'm like, Martin Garrix is not even producing the songs by himself <laughs> in the first place. I'm like, why would you want to be him? He's a product, like he, he's a marketing product. He's like the Justin Bieber of the EDM world. Why yeah. would you want to be him, you know? Yeah. Why would you compare yourself? All, all of the best dudes, all of the best mixing mastering engineers and like the best, like look at Max Martin. He doesn't care about like, you know, like right. being like seen everywhere. He just does his job and like makes good money and that's it
1: yep 100 percent.
0: yeah blitz blitz questions i will ask a couple of questions very shortly okay you answer you, you might answer not very shortly and that that would be <laughs> the, the last thing we're going to do today um, okay favorite vst
1: vst or favorite vst probably serum
0: old school or new school
1: oh man <laughs> maybe old school <laughs> way more exciting <laughs>
0: um all time favorite producer oh
1: shit all time favorite producer um all time one of th- them okay, one of them all time favorite producer is one of them um dude, it's so hard to pick one, but I'm trying to think, oh okay, I'll have to give it to Mike
0: Shinoda. that's a nice mm-hmm. um choice, but he's yeah. he's crazy yeah uh favorite food favorite food tacos nah one thought that <laughs> <laughs> uh last question last question for today. Might be a little political and you might not answer it if you don't want to, but if you would have five minutes with President Trump personally, what would you ask him? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what you're doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like,
1: like, Do you know what you're doing, or are you just winging it? That's probably what I'd ask. Or that, that, and I, yeah, I'd probably ask him, like, Oh, no, no, even more, even more do you like what you're doing do you like being president God, do you even fucking like this my guy
0: <laughs>
1: do you like being hated by everyone or like do you like making decisions and then going back on it like do you like the job <laughs>
0: <laughs> man i would i would probably have so many questions yep. to that guy probably the same with like the german um chancellor or putin like, yeah. I, I would love to sit down and, and talk to this guy like dude are you for fucking real like <laughs> w- what is it about what's your motivation like why are you doing the, the things that you do
1: yeah it's yeah exactly that cool. it's, it's definitely like a whole another world of like living
0: <laughs> yeah man that's beyond Well, dude, um, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No worries, G. Been a pleasure. Um, Tell people where they can find you online.
1: So I am at Lofile. That's L-O-P-H-I-I-L-E everywhere. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Lofile.
0: I highly recommend following on Instagram in the first place and then check out all of his music on on spotify because it's fucking crazy like the the amount of talent that spans from like jazz into like crazy crazy trappy beats it's just beyond just check this guy out and enjoy (laughs) thank you g (laughs) well thanks a lot dude no worries been a pleasure
1: yes man likewise
0: see you online all right bro peace peace bye So that is it for the first episode of the second season, hope you guys loved it as much as I did. We're following up with Burstimo next week, those guys are crazy. They specialize in developing artists, bringing them to you, to the listeners, Spotify, TikTok, we're gonna talk all about that promotion, you're gonna gonna love it, 100%, I'm pretty sure of it. So see you next week don't forget to follow me on instagram at edward court and as usual be kind and make damn good music see you soon